Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps and encourages you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. So last week, did you guys enjoy, man, Dancing in the Differences? Okay, four of you. Let's try this again. Did you guys enjoy Dancing in the Differences? Did you guys love the story about him climbing up the mountain and running into the death people camp? First time I heard it. (laughs) Want to talk about differences? I would have led with that. When I got home to my wife, I would have been like, you will not believe what happened. Never heard the story. We get in the car and our eight-year-old, Jay, she goes, dad, why never you never told us that story? I'm like, right? And he goes, I never told you. I'm like, no, you lead with that. Like one of the nights when you called, you won't believe what happened to me today. No. He led with, I can't believe that the people that came with me are not climbing these mountains with me. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm frustrated about. I can't believe it. (laughs) So yeah, it was a great story. I was on the edge of my seat because I had never heard it. So that's the big difference between me and him. I'm a talker. <laughs> I'm an extreme extrovert. So it doesn't only mean I'm energized by people. I'm energized by the sound of my own voice <laughs> and talking. And, and I feel so much better after I've talked. And some people don't. So I'm going to let you pray and then we can right, get on cool. to the other part of our sermon. So, all right, <laughs> if you're new to church, man, let's give them a hand this yes. morning. We are honored to have you. Uh, we believe that God is made you uh, unique and you have something to offer the world and that's what we exist for yes. to help you discover what that is and so we're honored to have you this morning uh, second re- before we pray before yeah. we get too serious okay let's hear all the KC how many people are we going for, for Chiefs okay. oh I was like who's got a mic <laughs> I didn't know you were doing that that's me so obviously it's heavy Chiefs it's heavy Chiefs in I don't here think today, so you I didn't think. ask me how the many 49ers are? Yeah, definitely. You didn't Chiefs. even cheer. That doesn't matter. We have to hear you. We're trying to be louder. Chiefs, it's yeah. Chiefs. We're too close. Who's still. going for the I mean, Dolphins? I, <laughs> I was holding on. Listen, I've been a fan since I was three years old. I'm 45. That's 42 years. I'm holding on. I mean, they. Thank you. They, it's the best year. <laughs> yeah, it's been, yeah it's we're getting there. A minute. We quit getting hit in the head. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> uh, the scripture we're going to read this morning, we're actually going to preach on one verse this morning, and we're going to kind of dovetail into what last week's sermon was. And uh, so this morning, Amos 3 3 is what we're going to be in. Can two people walk together without agreeing? On the direction. Man, what an incredible, yes. there's a lot in there. When I read that to Alicia this week, I was like, there is, we could do a couple of sermons probably on this. Um, it's so good, let's read it again. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, your presence. We thank you, God, that you were in this room. God, that you were, uh, Lord, speaking to hearts this morning, God, that, uh, that you would weld marriages together in new ways this week uh, throughout the sermon, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would speak. And Father, we thank you, God, for your anointing, God, that allows us to speak and to say what it is that you want us to say. We ask, God, that you would ultimately get glory through this, and Father, that you would give marriages new direction, that you would allow them to link their hearts together. And God, that you would allow them to live out the marriage that you've called them to live. And as they do that, God, that they'd be able to make you more famous than you were yesterday. In Jesus' name, amen. I decided next year I'm doing a spa for my anniversary. 
Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what normal people do. They don't <coughs> climb a mountain. It's so cold. Yeah. He's chipper. <laughs> We're going, are we going pretty, I'm going pretty fast, right? I think you're doing great. Okay, he thinks I'm doing great. He's being positive. Yeah, he was being really positive. <laughs> that was like the ninth, hundredth time we'd stopped. <laughs> So I was like, maybe this time you should eat and you'll feel better. <laughs> so that was us climbing our uh, mountain that we did this year on our anniversary, 15 years. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it. yeah. Woo! We made it up the mountain and we made it 15 right. years. So there's two. So today, what we want to talk to you about is direction in our differences. And the funny thing is why we showed this story of her climbing the mountain with me is there's so much to this. Um, that morning we, you know, we went to Breckenridge and we stayed and we hung out for a day and then the next day, maybe two days, we'd climb the mountain the next day. And um, we got in there that morning and as we're climbing this mountain, you know, Alicia's like, I mean, she's, you know, she's been working out, she's done a lot of stuff to, to whatever and she was like, I think she had a perception of what it was gonna be like. She had already done one mountain, but she then was like, she felt like she was so much more unhealthy. Like she wasn't I had been doing the much. stairs at Kohler with, with Nia. Nia on my shoulders. Right. But there's so this I thought thing, I was ready. There's this secret ingredient when you go to Colorado called elevation. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And you it. can't practice that here. When you get to 12,000 feet, that's where you find out who you are. I found out. <laughs> and so when we, when we started climbing, I think we started climbing at like 10,000 feet, 10,008 or something like that. So it's, it's pretty low. I mean, you're still climbing because our mountain there was like 14,200 and something feet. And as we start off, she's like, you know, it's like it starts off pretty steep. Like, I mean, the climb is going pretty aggressive. And she's like, we, you know, is this going to be like this? Is like, this is the whole way up. Like, this is, this is where we're going. This is how I it's going. I thought it would level out. <laughs> Yeah. I, I get it. He turned around because I said that to him, and he goes, "We're climbing, we're climbing a mountain." <laughs> but he said it like with his tone, like you know the one that men have, like you're an idiot. Yeah. You know when they answer you like it's a mountain. I'm like, I know that, Captain Obvious. I just thought there was going to be a little bit of time, you know, of chill. <laughs> so she just kept asking, "Hey," she's like, "Okay, I think I'm going to have to stop." I think I'm going to have to rest for a second. I'm like, okay, cool. She's getting acclimated to the mountain. It's going to be fine. That happened about 25,000 times. But here's the deal. I, I had a goal and she had a goal. Her goal was to get up the mountain. My goal was to get up the mountain within, with her. Yeah, yeah. And to get up there and not, the last time we did a mountain, it took us nine hours just to get to the top. Yeah, it did. It was it's seven hours. Some seven hours. Six and a half. It felt like nine difference. with you. <laughs> it felt like nine. That's what I meant. <laughs> and yeah, well, we climbed Pikes Peak. It was pretty pretty long trail. But uh, anyway, so the funny thing about this whole climbing the mountain thing was, I had already climbed a mountain this year, and my I was already acclimated. I climbed four mountains this year, actually. And, and a six-mile hike in that we talked about when I met the death camp, right? Okay, I am going to brag on you. You keep talking about this six-mile hike in. Yeah. You did not say in one of the services you were carrying 50 pounds of weight on your back. Maybe a little bit more, actually. That was the difference. <laughs> like, I know people are thinking six. He said, 
I mean, they had people with them that their watch, they had to stop. It was like, you are in a dangerous zone. Your heart is about to explode. It didn't say that, but it was like close to that. And so that's where you're missing it. It wasn't just a six mile hike in. It was with 50 pounds on his back. And 2,800 feet of elevation. Yeah. So anyway, not to, it's See, fine. I take time I to it. brag on you. you yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I love you. Uh, but here's the deal. So what happened in this climb with us and why we want to talk about this mountain is because it's so, it ties in so much with marriage. And after we started talking about this, we were like, man, what a great analogy for us to see in all of our lives as couples. Whether you're in a dating relationship, you're in a friendship relationship, you're in a marriage relationship, this works universally. This is a universal key. And here's the deal is when we started off, I'm leading her. Okay. Just so you know, first of all, men, point one, you need to lead your family up the mountain to God. That's not in our notes. That's not what we're that's talking free. about today, but that's free. The, the, that's the first thing. So I'm leading us up this trail to climb to this, to climb this mountain. And as I'm going, my pace that I could do was way faster than what we were doing. You didn't have to say like that. You just say way faster. It was a lot faster. It was a little faster. <laughs> Do we want to be honest here? We are standing before the Lord. And I realized as she began to fatigue and say, hey, I need to rest. And I was like, okay, cool. If I was like, hey, you go ahead and rest. I'm going to keep going. I'll catch you to the top. I'll catch you at the top. Hope you make it. Honestly, that's a lot of times what happens in marriage is we have, we are like, as whether it's a guy, like it's the man or the woman in the relationship, it's like, hey, I've got this thing I want to accomplish, whether it's a career, whether it's, you know, children, whether it's, you know, finances, emotional, like I'm going to get healthy, blah, blah, blah. Like so many times we leave our spouses and we outpace them. And here's the deal is what I had to do is I, I had to I had to determine in my life, in this journey, as we're walking up this mountain, the pace that I was going to set. It had to be a pace that was enough to push her, but it couldn't break her. I could have, I could have gone and said, look, this is the pace we've got to go, and she would have given up because she could not sustain the pace that I could sustain. And I think that this is important because in our differences, that's where we were just different. My, what I had trained for and what I had already experienced that year was a pace that I could, I could easily have gone ahead and got up the mountain. But I would have left her wherever on the mountain and not knowing what was going to happen. And so I think this is an important part. The first point that I kind of want to set up here because he says this. Can two people walk together? Well, they can but it also determines the pace that we live our lives as a married couple. Yeah. We are different people and we have different paces. There are certain things that she does that she will outpace me in. And then there are other things in our marriage that she, I can outpace her in. The point is, is that we should never outpace each other if we're going to work together in a marriage. Or try to get your spouse to be at your pace. Right. Let's say you're going through something and you are growing emotionally and then you're laying hints and you're pushing and it's like, let them do it at their pace. Because at the same time, he, he knows that I'm competitive enough that if he would have started doing that pace, I would have done everything I could to stay at that pace. But I would have had to give up eventually because I couldn't make it at that pace. And I think we try to get our spouses to be where we are at. And maybe you got there faster, but you got there so that you can be 
someone on the other side encouraging. I mean, that is what, I know you saw his face there. He didn't look too thrilled. Right after that, he got a little bit extra pep in his step um, and started just to encourage me and started just to say, sweetie, you did this. And I'm like, I can't, why is this so hard? Like, this is so frustrating. I, I worked out, I was squatting, I was running up the Kohler stairs. And, but this is like the stairs nonstop for six hours. I mean, that's how it, or for three and a half hours, that's how it felt. And, and he just kept encouraging me, but you do it, you can do this. And that's why some, so many times with our spouses, instead of encouraging them, we're discouraging them. We're saying, oh, I mean, I've seen you're doing, I see all this, but I don't know if I'm noticing or I, I'm doing all this. Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, man, if we could contend for them, maybe privately, things would start coming out publicly. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Um, one, of the, one of the first points that I want to kind of talk about is this, is that differences determine the pace in a relationship. So when we say that, what does that mean? That means that our differences on that mountain hike it determined the pace ultimately, not that I was going to go at, but that what we were going to go at. And, and so this is an important conversation. When you have differences, let your differences establish the pace of your marriage. It, it shouldn't be about you getting to the top by yourself of whatever that may be. The whole point is for me and her, my whole goal was for us to get to the top together. And you know what I did, which I, I wanted to play the video, but I have a video of us getting to the top. When we got to, the, to kind of the crest of the peak, do you know what I did? I stepped back and I said, Alicia, you take the helm. And I let her lead us up to the summit because I wanted her to experience the being the first person to the top. I set the pace all the way to the top. But then when we got there, I let her take over and said, hey, you go to the top however fast you want. And the whole point is, is that I got to video and experience what she was getting to experience at the same time. And, and so many times it's like, I want to win. I want to, like, I see this differently. And it's like, it's all about winning. In that moment, it was about her experiencing something that I had already experienced. And I wanted her to be the first person up to the top. Because there's something about when you get to the top of a 14 and you get to be the first person to the top. And that, that was one of those opportunities. And, and so I think we have to understand that differences, they really do establish the pace of how you live out your marriage. Yeah. My, our differences on a weekly and daily basis determine how fast we do our marriage, how slow we talk about certain things and how fast we can do certain, certain things. And that's really crucial. It's really important because you will outrun a relationship where you don't understand each other's weaknesses or needs. I could have easily, if I didn't understand altitude is getting her, she's starting to fatigue out. If I was like just oblivious to that, I would have just been looking and looked back and she would have been, you know, thousand foot down. But because I understood her body is feeling weak in this moment, she needs oxygen and she needs a moment to take a break. I, I even got to the point where it's like, hey, we need to eat now. And I stopped her, even though she was like, I'm fine. I said, we need to stop. We need to eat. You need to put food in your body. And she was willing to, because I knew what she needed, even though in that moment she didn't. And that's the cool thing about differences is it's, it's important to understand your spouse's weaknesses. And maybe when's the last time that you've talked to your spouse about a weakness? When's the last time that you've talked to them about a need that they have instead of just your, your needs? And knowing what that looks like, because, you know, like in our relationship, because we always are honest with this, I came in with a lot of insecurities. So when my insecurities are heightened, I can actually come off mad. What's actually happening is I'm scared. 
I'm scared that you're going to walk away. I'm scared you're going to leave. I'm scared. So there's a reaction that comes out of me, and it looks a lot like anger. <laughs> Sometimes it's come out as anger at times. Um, but what is happening is there is a fear in me that is rising up. And so now that he knows that, and the people in my life know that, they can come and they can center that and say, hey, wait a second. And they can know, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't you actually mad at me. You're actually fearing something right now. And, we've, and, and, and practically, he's telling you, he knew I needed to eat. Practically, your spouse might be hangry. That might actually be all that it is. Like, can we pause this argument till you eat something? Can we pause till we can, you can say, I'm puzzled to the fact. This is the greatest thing you say. I'm puzzled why you just reacted the way you did. You are giving space before you're giving your response. Now, I think so many times, and, and yes, we're talking about marriages, but we have tons of single people in here. Quit trying to find people that are just like you. You need opposites of who you are because it will sharpen you. It will cause you to see things, and, and it will help you, and you need to understand. You need to, even in relationships, you need to know the differences, and you need to celebrate those differences. Yeah, absolutely. So we say all of this because I think it's so important that a marriage breaks down when we don't understand each other's pace. They, it, when we don't understand each other's differences, it, it, the marriage begins to break down. And as even this mountain, it was like, like she was staying with me when we first started. We were, it was like everything was kind of pretty, you know, we were in sync for the most part. And then as she started to fatigue, that separation, it started kind of separating. Now it's like, okay, well, I'm getting ahead of her. And I think that that's an important thing because it, it, it's recognizing, it's being aware of your spouse and knowing, okay, actually, when I say this, this gets them on the defense. This gets them, this gets them upset. This makes them not operate and function at the level they, they really want to. And so I think that that's an important thing because the whole point of this is that can two people walk together? Is that not the point and the goal of a marriage? For you to walk together, for you to do life together and so what is the goal of the enemy is for you to for it to be perceived as like you're doing it together but but it's not you're not walking together you're not you're not doing this thing together and so you you have to want to move in the same direction more than you do move at your own pace we had to come to that place I had to come to that point where in this situation with the mountain, I had to move, I had to start to say, I want to move up there, but I want to move not just at my pace. I want to make sure that we are moving together. And how many of us are wanting to really move our marriages together in the same, at the same pace? Well, I got this, I've got to take care of, and well, I've got, and we justify the pace that we're living at. We justify the the, the, the decisions that we're making. Well, I thought I should be able to spend that on this and get that and, you know, order 15 boxes from Amazon and cover up the front door. Not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about you a couple years ago. I'm kidding. <laughs> but right, like, like there, the reality is, is there are differences that we all have. And if we're going to do this together, man, we've got to be way more aware of, ooh, that, that's, that's, we're starting to move not walking together and doing life together. So, so good. And I think one of the major things that we have to do is reconciling, which reconciling actually means to bring two different ideas together that can coexist. Yeah, so good. And so in doing that, um, and I want you to write this down, reconciling differences allows you to walk hand in hand. 
Because I think so many times we, we, we don't want to reconcile because in our mind of reconciling means we're giving in. I, I'm, so I am, I, this is a challenge for me when I think I'm right. My whole family will tell you, if I tell you I'm 100% sure, I'm probably 25%. wrong. 25%. <laughs> because I get so big-headed about certain things. And so reconciling differences allows you to walk hand in hand. And in order to do that, you've, you've got to figure out that there are going to be different viewpoints. And what do I mean by that? Okay, so here's a massive difference between me and my husband is he's a processor and I'm a feeler. My best friend is also a processor and a feeler. So I am stuck on, with both on both sides. So well, what is the difference of that? I feel everything. Do you remember in Toy Story when he goes, we toys see everything? That's the way I say it. I will cry at the new Willy Wonka movie. If we get to the end, Jay goes, here she goes. She knows. She'll be like, I see a tear. She knows. Mommy cries probably once a day. I am a feeler. So when I'm talking, and as I told you, I'm an extreme extrovert. When I'm talking and I'm talking a whole lot, I'm feeling better and better and better. And I'm feeling so good. He's a processor. So what's happening is now he's hearing, he's hearing, he's hearing, he's hearing, he's hearing, he's hearing. I walk away and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so good. He walks away and he has to think of the 800 things I brought him. And he's sitting in that. And I'm not wondering why he's not, do you want to cuddle? You want to be with me? And he's like, well, I have a lot to process. Well, here, to keep going with what you're yeah. saying, but here's the deal. So I'm not only a processor, I'm also a fixer. So that's another factor in this that it's one thing to be a processor and not necessarily a, like, I've got to get this fixed. By nature, I yeah. am a fixer. Yeah. So all the things that she's talking about, I'm putting down in a list of to-dos of the things that I've got to accomplish. Now that you've said all of this stuff that didn't cost you anything, now I've got to go fix all of this. <laughs> and I'm processing, wow, that's really expensive. That's really challenging. That's going to be really difficult. That's going to be that. And so I'm not only thinking about how I've got to process, I've got to figure out how I'm processing. How am I going to fix this? How am I going to make you happy when that's your problem and not mine? That's your insecurity, and not mine. I can't fix that. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And those are differences that a lot of marriages have. And we don't really consider what well, she just gets to talk and say this. And that's good. She needs to do that because that's how she processes. But it's also understanding, okay, when I say all of these things, I'm also putting a lot of expectations out there because he's a processor and a fixer. And so now I'm putting a lot of these things that he's going to feel like he's got a lot to do to get this marriage where it needs to be. That's weighty. Yeah. And I think a lot of times I'm, I'm not thinking that way. I'm just like, oh, man, we can work on this and work on this and work on this. And so it's like I've had to learn to, you know, The Listening Life. It's an incredible audiobook I'm listening to right now. And what that you really show value to people when you listen to them. And it was so funny, one of the people that serve here, they were just sharing something. We were sitting at a table and they were like, man, if you don't get Alicia and you don't get, you know, what you have to get out to her in the first 15 seconds, she walks away. And now she was being silly, but it, I, like, I thought, man, I need to work on it. If that's how I'm making people feel that when I'm with you, if you don't get it out and you don't say something, I'm, I'm about to jump. You better keep it interesting. I don't want to make people feel that way. So there's always ways that I want to grow and I want to learn and become a better human being. But especially with our spouses and our close relationships, it's vital that we find that. And, you know, and a lot of people, when you're talking with them, they're like, that's great. But we're just now figuring out how different we are and we've got to rebuild trust. Well, Henry Cloud says this, trust is built through knowing intent 
Now that he knows my intention when I'm bringing all this stuff is not me just trying to pile stuff on him. It's things that I've been thinking about and, and, and feeling about and where I want to see us. I mean, even last night we were on a date and I was like, what is like your most favorite thing to do with me? And he was pausing for a while because he's a processor. In my mind, that meant you don't know right off the top of your head, you know, and he's like, no. And so I was like, was it, is it sitting down and like having heart to heart and like really sharing our feelings? He goes, absolutely not. Did <laughs> he I just do that out loud? He didn't Sorry. even, he didn't even say maybe. He's like, I love when we do adventurous stuff together. <laughs> I was so we're different. I said, well, I love climbing the mountain because we were adventuring, but I was talking about all my feelings while we were going up the mountain. So there was a great It mess. was really windy. It was great. I was ahead. So I didn't have to hear half of it. <laughs> we had somebody email into the church one time and they're like, why does that lady sing the same thing over and over again? Because I'm trying to get it in my spirit. I'm, I, this is, that is how I lead even worship because it's like I, as a feeler, if I feel that there are people still struggling and waiting on the Lord, it could be two people in the room and the, the 98% of you have got it. We're going to stay there until they get it. Why? Because I'm contending for every person in this room. You know, and that is something that he has learned in knowing me the same person that gets up here with this intensity and just fights and just wants to contend for the people in the room and will cry and just, that's the same person that comes out at times that's not great. And so you're constantly having to fight between the flesh and the spirit. When I preach two weeks from now, I'm going to really share about that because I think there is such a struggle of us not understanding who we are in the spirit and how it translates in the natural and how we have to fight to always keep the spirit ahead of the natural. Yeah. Amen. So one of the words it says here, and where this is where she, we begin to talk about reconciliation, and that's a key component in, in relationships, period. Yeah. All right, it says, can we walk together yeah. in unison? Well, you can only, how, how do two people who are different walk together? Like, legitimately, like, how, because here's the deal. One of the things that we talk about in premarital counseling is your normal. What is your normal? Your normal is what you grew up with as a normal life in your upbringing. Do you know when you get married, you have a normal, they have a normal. What do you do when you get married? You collide two normals and it becomes, that's not normal, right? And you're like, why do you do like that? Like washing out I mean, this is what we always have done. We've always done this in our upbringing. You know, we've always, whatever. And so how do, we work, how do we begin to take our differences and begin to work together in a marriage, in a relationship in general? And talking about reconciliation, that, that a relationship will never, it's never going to progress beyond the reconciliation it gets. So no matter how much we want to move somewhere, if her and I are at differences, and I'm like, look, you need to come here, that's not reconciling. Reconciling is not her, me demanding her to come here. It's not her demanding me to come there. Yeah. It's allowing two different ways of thinking and two different ways of living to merge together to where we sit on a couch yeah. and we say, okay, we've got to do this together. Yeah. What, are you, what are some absolutes for you? What are some absolutes for me? And, and so many times, here's what happens is an unhealthy marriage is that one spouse always gives in to what the other person is wanting for fear of consequences. That's not reconciliation. I have seen this time and time again. It's like, well, I'll give in. I give in. I give in. I give in. I give in. And then before you know it, the kids leave and you hate each other. 
because you have not worked on your differences and you haven't created a, a, a rhythm and an environment for reconciliation. Me and her, like we are intense people. We can duke it out and in 15 minutes later, we're walking together again. You know, it's like, you, you, you know, you see people scuffling on the ground in the, in, the, in, in the natural, in our conversations. We may be scuffling on the ground in that way. But then we get up and we're like, okay, let's go. Right? Because we have differences. But our number one obligation in our marriage from the very beginning has been sit at the couch. Can we get on the couch together? And can we do life together? Can we walk together? And there have been times where I didn't like where we were walking together. And I was like, you know what? I don't like where we're going. But I'm going to, because I love her, I'm going to walk, I'm going to do this. And I think reconciliation is a huge factor in every relationship. And everybody's like, oh yeah, reconciliation, we know we need to do it. Everybody knows they need to do it until we're in a disagreement. Until we're in a fight, until we're in an argument, right? It's like, nope, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this. Here's what I want to say about reconciliation. The price you're willing to pay in reconciliation will determine the movement you make in your marriage. Your relationship, your marriage will never move beyond the price you're willing to pay for reconciliation. So what does that mean? That means whatever you are willing to do, whatever it takes, the cost is expensive to sit at the couch or to get in locking arms together. I didn't know what you were trying to do. That was creepy. <laughs> like this is costly to get to the point this and say, hey, let's walk together. Let's go for this walk in our marriage right? That is a heavy price to pay. And if you're not willing to pay it, you're not going to be able to do it. The Bible says that we are ministers of reconciliation. And that even means beyond this, that you have to be able to be around other people that believe differently than you, but you can coexist. And you're bringing them to the truth that God has, and he's shown you. And that's why the Bible says you're ministers of this type of thing, that we walk this out. So it's not just in marriage. It is, can I coexist with with coworkers that live a certain way, they don't change my belief. And as I am ministering to them, we're coexisting, but watch what God can do when we begin to allow truth. So understand, there is so much more even in reconciliation because the Bible talks about that we are ministers of reconciliation. Yeah, and you're not weak no. to have to give in to a certain area. You're not like compromising. I mean, you could be compromising, but I don't, I'm saying if your heart is to, to join each other and to be like, okay, wow. I mean, we were just talking about something the other day and it was like, she was here, like here. And I was like here on something. Well, we had to come together at some point because we were pretty divided on this thought. And I was like, okay, you're here. I'm here. This is my point. This is my perspective. You give yours. Well, guess what? We're going to have to weigh this on and we're going to have to figure out how to get this because we're at an impasse as far as this thought and this, this situation in our marriage. Right, and, and every person's going to have these. This is not bad. This is what helps us have actually more trust, which is kind of talking about that, is that that's where we begin to, the fact that she's willing to hear me, I'm willing to hear her, says a lot about the marriage. Yep. And I think sometimes we assume because we're married and we're doing life together that we're in agreement. And I want to show you a picture real quick that I think kind of ties into this, this next part. It says this, without agreeing on the direction. So check this picture out. Notice the paths are very close to each other, but they're on what? Different paths. So this is what a lot of marriages look like right now, maybe even in the room. 
You can still talk to each other. You can still see each other. You can still interact with each other. But what's happening as you go down your marriage, as you go down the years? There's a point where what happens? You begin to separate in your differences. You begin to... See, there's a point where activity is, looks like agreement. Oh, yeah, we're talking, we're doing stuff, and we're doing, but we're actually on two completely different paths. We have two completely different things here that's happening. This is what a lot of marriages look like, and they don't they look like this. Is that you look different than me, you, you just do something different than me, and it's like we're still doing life, we're still taking care of the kids, we're still showing up, we're still doing things. And so this is the, the point that I want to kind of set up is this, is that activity does not mean agreement. Just because you are doing things together in a marriage does not mean that you all are in agreement. Just because you got kids together and just because you take the kids this where for this sport and you take your kids to this thing and you take this kid to this place and you do this with your marriage, that doesn't mean that you're in agreement. And so what we do is we oftentimes say, oh man, we're good just because we're active. We have activity. We talk we, and we interact with each other. That is one of the most unhealthy things is when you are being active but you're not in agreement. Mm-hmm. That is a dangerous place to be. Activity looks like marriage, but the heart of harmony is missing. See, it's, it's, not about, it's not just about what it looks like. It's about the harmony and her and I. Are we really on one, on one path? Is our goal really to raise our kids the way? It's like, well, I was just doing that because you wanted to do it. Okay, that's a problem because that's putting you on two different paths. Well, I thought my kid should go to college. Well, I don't want my kid to go to a college. I don't want them to have to be dependent on whatever student debt or whatever. I wanted them to be able to do a tech school where they could go straight, right? Like it's those types of things that we begin to, to allow to create division and not agreement. And we just justify our activity and we're, you know, interacting as, as health. And it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. You know, the direction you are moving will tell you how you are agreeing. This picture is saying a lot about their agreement. They're, that's not active. That's activity, but there's no agreeing right there. Right? I mean, that, that, that picture, and I think it's interesting because at the end of the day, that we kind of ended up in a desert. Because that's exactly what happens to a marriage that gets divided. It dries up and it becomes nothing. And here's the thing, man, it's great. That could be 15 or 20 years right there. That, that path space right there. That could be the first 15, 20 years. Man, we were doing great. We were active and we were doing things, but we were never on the same page. I didn't like, I didn't like how you were doing that. I didn't like how I was, you didn't like how I was doing this. And we just justified our activity as marriage. And there are a lot of people who get in beds every night and go to sleep, but they are not together in harmony. And that's our goal is to help you get in harmony with each other to have tough conversations. You know, I look at our marriage and I see where we're at, but man, it has been a lot of late nights. It's been a lot of tough conversations. It's been a lot of, well, I don't like it. I don't like how you think that and I and you, you don't like how I think that. And in, at some point we had to come to a place where look, we're different. And funny last week after the sermon and we started doing things, I said, I'm just different. <laughs> And we laughed about it and we used it because it's like it's a way for us to recognize, look, we're different, but that's okay. So let's work on it. 
right, let, let's, get, let's get this figured out. You know, there shouldn't be movement until there is mending in your differences. We, we, the, the, the benefit of moving forward in a relationship is when you've mended what was not mended, what was torn apart. Movement is a privilege. You working together and moving forward, this, this path should be sewn back together and made it wider. Like, okay, look, we've got differences, but we need to bring this path together. We need to mend our differences. And how many of you are giving in to your spouse in a healthy way? You're bringing, you're compromising. You're giving in a little. It's like, no, this is how it is. This is what I'm doing. This is what, and it's like, there's no, there's no hope for your marriage if that's how it is. So I think that's really important. You know, I think it's something I was just, agreement, I put on here, agreement takes on many forms before it looks like agreement. In other words, what I'm saying is that there are small little things that it's like, okay, like even in our, our talk the other day, it was like here and here. Small agreements had to happen until we got agreed. But it was me giving in. It was her giving in. It was her giving in a little bit more. And at some point, maybe one person won out better than the other. But the point is, we got on the same page. We're on the same path. We're moving direction together. Guess what we're doing? We're holding hands, doing life again. And one of the most powerful things you did in that was at the very end of one of our conversations, you came in to me and you looked at me and you said, I need you to help me get where you're at. In your mindset on this issue, I need you to help me get and I need your help, not your frustration. And I thought, man, wow. And it was just, it was a beautiful moment between us because that's how I felt. But I was getting frustrated because I didn't feel heard. And sometimes when we don't feel heard and the way we feel heard is sometimes thinking is them agreeing. And that doesn't always mean he was hearing me without agreeing with me. But then we got to come into agreement because he started to understand he started to understand what I meant from the very beginning. See what I did there with agreement? And I think it's so important, but the most beautiful thing is he said, I need you to help me get there. And maybe you're at a place in your relationships, marriage, friendships, whatever it looks like, and you need that other person's strength to help you get where you need to be. And you keep trying to get that person to be like you instead of maybe you're, they're supposed to be exactly how they're supposed to be in you, but maybe there's some stuff in you. The Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. So you sharpen the countenance of another. That was what was happening. He was asking me to come in and sharpen. And then he was coming in and sharpening me on a different area. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to end with, because I think this is super important, is sometimes we look at compromises as like, like it's like that pain. It's like that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm having to give in to compromises. But, but here's what I want you to see, is that the compromises and our differences is what's make, that's truly what makes up the joy on the journey. The joy of us walking hand in hand came from the pain of compromise. And so many people want joy back in their marriage, but they don't want to go through the compromises in their differences. You don't get, you don't get both. You can have a compromise. You can not give into the compromise and wonder why the other person's on the other side of the path and being like, hey, yeah, we're going to do life differently. Apparently, yeah. And we won't have joy in our marriages 
or we're gonna have to give in to some of the areas in our marriage and say, hey, I'm willing to come here. Okay, I'm willing to come here. And it's in those compromises. It's in seeing those differences and not allowing those things to make us indifferent, to make us not agree, that it actually brings joy back to the journey of marriage. So that's something that I just wanna, I should say that I, we want to encourage you that there, look, there can be an incredible direction in our differences. God can lead us to a path that we're called to be in our differences. You know, God knew the woman that I needed and she was gonna be very different than me. And in, in some moments that's a challenge, but in other moments I'm thankful that I, that I have who I'm married to because it, it has allowed me to become who I've become because of those differences. I mean, just like that mountain, going back to that mountain, if it wasn't for me being able to have the, the, the foresight and the knowing, she would have never made it up that mountain. It was me that helped her get there. And that's not bragging or anything. That's just saying, look, this is the point. The point is, is that God always puts someone in, some, in our marriage in some area that they have an advantage and they have an experience that they can help me get there. And sometimes we look at our spouses like, oh, you're the problem instead of, no, you're the opportunity that God's given me to be able to grow in this area. And Alicia's made me a much more generous person. She's made me a much more loving person. She's given me empathy and allowed me to see perspectives that I wouldn't have seen. And I've done the same thing for her. That's the beauty of marriage. And so I wanna pray for you this, the, as we close, if you would stand. And we're gonna pray because here's the thing. I know for sure that you have differences in your, in your marriage, that you have differences in, and, and some of you are on this path and you're way further up. The cool thing is, is that we could have done like a little path. You can make your own path back to the same path. And that's by humility. That's by willing to allow the Holy Spirit to come into the marriage and let you see it from his perspective and not your own. Amen. So let's pray. If your spouse is with you, I want to ask that you'd really be open to the differences in each other and that it wouldn't be something that would be dividing you, that it would be something that you allow to see the beauty in. So if your spouse is here, find them, grab their hand, and let's pray. Father, we lift up every marriage. Father, we lift up every struggle. Lord, we lift up the differences and we give them to you, Lord. I thank you, God, where people are maybe on different paths, God, where they have come to a place where they are not seeing eye to eye. God, I pray that you would help them have reconciliation, God, that they would be able to, to see, God, their ability to, to, to come back onto one path, being united together. God, I pray that you would fill their marriage back up with joy. That God, that as they experience, God, the coming back together, God, that there would be a joy, a trust being built in them. Father, we thank you, Father, for the work that you're doing in the spirit right now. We thank you, God, for the, the fact that you desire, God, to work out those differences in every marriage. And God, I pray that if there are people separated in here, God, if there are people in the middle of divorce, if there are people struggling, God, I thank you right now, God, that you and you alone would be the answer to the miracle to their marriage. God, that it's not about if this person would finally see it the way that I see it, then we could get back together. God, let it be something that you supernaturally do to heal it. 
God, this was your idea. Marriage was your plan. It was your idea. You know how it works best. So God, I thank you right now, God, for uniting hearts. God, we pray that you would put humility in their, in their lives, God, that you would strip out pride, that you would allow them to see each other the way that you see them. And God, I pray that you'd be glorified through it. This morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that this is, would be an opportunity for you to say yes to him, to give your life, to give your heart to him, that you realize that you have been in sin, that you need a redeemer and one to rescue you from the sin that you've been living in. And if that's you this morning, you say, that's me. I want to give my life and my heart to Jesus. I've been choosing me and myself every time. And today I want to give my life and my heart to him. If that's you this morning, I want to ask if you just slip your hand up real quick. You can set it right back down, but I want to know who you are this morning. I want to pray for you. If you would just pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner, but I believe you, Jesus, died on the cross for those sins, that you rose again on the third day to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, reveal the destiny and the purpose you have. In Jesus' name, amen.